You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. We watch two movies. And no matter who wins, the viewer loses. That is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we watched uh, Alien vs. Predator from 2003. No, 4, 2004. 2004. Yep, 2004. And Freddy vs. Jason from 2003. Yeah, so we got an Alien vs. Predator vs. Freddy vs. Jason. This was the first double feature we decided on before we started the podcast, like this show. This is the big, the big episode. This was the big episode before we dwarfed it by our idea of like, putting together 16 to 18 movie right. fran- you know, franchises. That, that, took, that took a lot of, uh, I was like, wow, that was a lot of movies all in one. <laughs> I still owe patrons a fourth movie pitch from season one. <laughs> It'll happen. I've just been busy. It's just an extremely long extended cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, it is. Just wait. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, listener, go to patreon.com slash podcast and look for the, uh, I think it's GCU season one finale movie three i don't know something like that look for it and it's it's my third movie pitch because the first two was on episode 10 and it's like 20 what 20 minutes long i think so it's either 17 and a half or 20 yeah yeah it's close to 20 for the most part purely my fan fiction specifically that one meshes together buffy the vampire slayer big trouble in little china the highlander ants the thing and flash gordon Jeez, man. Yeah. So so what do we think about this alien versus the predator? You want to just go to that one first? Yeah. Do you have the... I have Freddy versus Jason. You got Freddy versus Jason? Loaded up. Okay, so we'll start with AVP. AVP, Alien versus Predator. AVP. Is apparently the proper title of it. So as I say, isn't it actually technically called AVP? It's AVP, Alien versus Predator. From 2004, when scientists discover something in the Arctic that appears to be a buried pyramid... They send a research team out to investigate. Little do they know, they are about to step into a hunting ground where aliens are grown as sport for the predator race. That's like, that's, I mean, that's the whole movie, but that gives it all away right there. Just like, here's the thing. Right. Oh, there's a lot of people attached to the screenplay. A lot of people who lost their jobs out of this one. You think? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it spawned a sequel. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> screenplay by Ronald Chachette. Chassette? Dan O'Bannon and Paul W.S. Anderson. Mm, this guy his stink on it. Directed. <laughs> that's a little harsh, I guess. Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Starring Sana Lathan. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sana Lathan. I don't know. Raul Bova. Ewan Bremer. Listen, why are they putting all these people before the one that matters? The one that matters. Okay, other than Colin Salmon. Salmon? Salmon? It's probably Salmon. Wow. I almost called him Colonel Salmon. Dude, themoviedb.com. Come on, guys. I like you. I use you. You don't even put Lance Hendrickson in the top build list? 
It's Lance Hedrickson. He's the only person that matters in this. Is he? He is. <laughs> I'm telling you. Of all the people, other pe- of all the other people in this movie, you recognize the one guy because he's an arrow. Right. And no one else. Oh, and maybe the other guy you've seen in other things. Me too. But what? I don't know. Or Lance freaking Hendrickson. Who's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lance okay. Hendrickson. I got you. He was in the Terminator. We've already talked about Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> a Lance Hen- the Terminator's a Lance Hendrickson movie. Didn't you know that? <laughs> okay, he has a minor role. Every, every time he's in there, it's a Lance Hendrickson movie. He has a minor role, but I guarantee you, we will talk about Lance Hendrickson more in the future. Anyway, whatever. AVP, Alien vs. Predator. This combines... Two beloved R-rated horror franchises into a less than beloved PG-13 rated mashup monster fight movie. Okay, yeah, I can I can already feel the distaste <laughs> you have for this movie. So, uh, so let's hear it, Randy. <laughs> what, what do you, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, well, okay. Well, first off, first off, I wanted to say about this movie was that they didn't have, even though we watched ten minutes of just complete nonsense, it didn't really have the buildup like. The pre-story didn't make as much sense as like when we get into Freddy versus Jason. Oh, the 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 nonsense you because I was all mad because they tried to I don't know, were they stretching for time where like the one lady didn't want to take him on the expedition and she's yeah. like, I'm not gonna do it, but the viewer But some pulled her into doing it. Well, we knew she's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah, there's like two, three scenes in a row, eats up almost ten minutes of time about her not wanting to do it, and it's like that's pointless. We know she's gonna do it. You know why? Because she's on the ship. They're on the way. We already spent a whole scene focusing on her. Don't kid yourselves, movie. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not fooling anybody. Because my thing is, if she would have got back to the helicopter and like, oh, your helicopter's sealed up. I mean, I guess. Like, oh well, we can't fly you. The weather's too bad. I guess it would have been amusing to dedicate that extra stuff where she even had her own s- scene where she's like climbing up the side of this mountain. She's an adventurer and uh, set all that up just to actually have her leave and have somebody else come in. That'd been a kind of funny, but they weren't going to do that. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I already sidetracked us. What were you saying? Uh, other than that? Well, yeah, other than that. So this one kind of like, I don't know, just kind of felt thrown together. Like more mm-hmm. Freddy mm-hmm. versus Jason had kind of like a, a, a motive, mm-hmm. a motive to the madness. Mm-hmm. But this one was just like, like they find the hole in the ice, and then everybody's apparently okay with that, mm-hmm. even though that wasn't there. They're like that's weird. Yesterday, <laughs> there's no man-made thing that could do this. Let's go down. It kind of seems like there was a lot of characters in this movie, but not enough like character building. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So basically, what they're trying to do is find a temple mm-hmm. that is two thousand feet under below the ice. Yeah, it's and somewhere in the Arctic. I don't remember if it was. Yeah, it was Antarctica. Okay. It's under an abandoned whaling station. Yep. They figure out that this, they believe the temple is made by many civilizations, all the first civilizations they find out. Yeah. They, yeah. They think it's like the first civilization because it's got traits that they've seen in like three or four yeah, Egyptians. other ancient civilizations. So they think this is like the first. Yeah. Aztecs and Egyptians are the two big ones. Yeah. It just, this movie felt so thrown together. Like, not as well as, like, it could have been. Mm-hmm. I really think it could have been better, but... And just the fight scenes are horrible. Dude, the fight scenes are pretty bad, right? What's what's your take? Okay. I've seen I have, I've seen this one other time, and I was kind of reluctant to see it because it, I, I did not like what I... When it was coming out, like, I did not like what I was seeing. I was like, it's going to be... It's 
PG-13. It looks cheesy. It's going to be bad. So I was super disappointed in it. I knew it wasn't going to be very good. And I that was my initial impressions. And this rewatch, which you and I actually just watched today, like we just got done watching it. It's the first time I've watched it for many years. I don't hate it, but yeah, it's still not good. Like there's some ideas in it that I enjoy, but a lot of it comes down to execution. And there's certain things like, for example, again, not to necessarily compare, but we'll get into this a little bit when we talk about Freddy versus Jason, but you're right about the characters. And essentially the human characters in either movie don't matter. They're there for fodder because it's a so-and-so it's a movie monster versus movie monster movie. So that's what people are there for. However, come on, give us something like these characters are lame. There's so many like kind of little characters they throw in there. It's like you said, there's so many characters, but so little character development and the character development we do have. This movie has like a final girl. It has the, um, you know, I guess appropriately following the whole Ripley thing from alien. Essentially our protagonist is the adventurer, this, this woman, but even her, I thought she was weak. Cause like, I mean, her character was weak because all we get is that she's tough. Yeah. And she's, um, not stubborn. What's the word? She's adamant about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, passionate. Not well, even maybe passionate. Not it's passionate. like she sets her mind to something and that's how it is. You know? Yeah. Driven. and Yeah. I guess driven kind of. Yeah. Reluctant though. Still. I don't know. I felt her acting was super cheesy though. That's my main issue with her character. Uh, she's the character we're given the most of. We, we, we get some stuff from Wayland. That was his name, right? Wayland Lance Hendrickson's character. You know, he's dying and all this. Uh, but again, it's all surface level stuff. That's like with, well, say like with her, like the character development for her, you could have easily, like, I just thought just now you could have made her background story. Like she was military and you know, that her, she was like the leader of an expeditionary force. And that's why she knows what, what to do when things go. It's kind of like when we were talking about the weird look in the tube where she does the cheesy, like, I see Oh, yeah. Stops she gives him. a super cheesy, like, hero look. Like, everybody's, mm-hmm. like, freaking out, panicking. But when she turns, she's got this, oh, I, oh, I hated it. I wanted to drop kick that movie when I saw that look. It's just so cheesy. But that's what I mean. Like, you could have made it to where, like, that her senses are because of her military training or something. You know? What was her backstory? Uh, did she have one? I Not really, other than she's, I, what I get is she's an explorer, but. And people listening to this might be like, it's Alien versus Predator. You're not there for the human characters. You're right. And even in the the first Alien movie, like, you don't know any of these people's backstory. You don't know Ripley's backstory. But they still feel like people because you spend some time, like, they're just doing their thing and, like, they're doing normal people stuff. I don't know. It's a, it's a Paul W. Here, here it is. It's a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. They're all kind of the same. And this is, like, really, you can tell. I didn't realize it was him, but. Once I saw his title, his credit, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Early 2000s, Paul W.S. Anderson movie. It feels like there's a lot of things that he, there's similar stuff to Resident, the first Resident Evil. The one guy, the guy that you recognize from Arrow in Resident Evil, you know, he's like the squad leader in that movie. But in this case, he's the secret squad leader. I don't know. He just, you don't know what his role is. And then bust out a gun from a briefcase. Yeah. When things go down, he's in charge, right? Is he like the head of security? Like it's the same character, is he, you know, his like right hand man or I actually thought he was going to get taken out in a similar fashion too, because in resident evil, the guy gets taken out by the laser grids mm-hmm. and this guy gets bound up by that netting that mm-hmm. looked like it was going to diamond cut him, but it didn't end up doing it. Here's a question. Whatever happened to him? Did he get out? No, he got, he got, he ended up getting, when he was still in it, he got impaled. 
Okay. With um, I think one of the predators came at him and imp- impaled him while he was still in the net. And then there's also like the part where the pyramid it's like rearranging itself, which is weird. It only does that like once, but it's like rearranging itself, and it seems like there's there's machinery or stuff in Resident Evil that does a similar thing. So there's just a lot of stuff that feels kind of similar. Basically, you throw a bunch of people into like a confined kind of confusing area deep underground. This is Resident Evil. It's in a thing deep underground, miles underground, where they're constantly cutting to this like CG looking. Um, what would you call it? Schematic. Yeah. Of it. Like they do in Resident Evil. This is Resident Evil. It's just different monsters. It's not zombies. It's aliens and predators. That aside, there's some stuff I think is effective. There's definitely a lot of moments that several moments where I was like, ooh, ooh. like when the pyramid stuff is re rearranging, nobody mm-hmm. gets squished. Spoiler. Nobody gets squished. I did feel like that tension of like, oh, he's going to get squished. That'd be, oh God. Cause the thing, I mean, the wall seemed like they had weight. It felt like, oh, he's going to get his hand arm crushed or something. Right. And then the net thing too, like that was effective. But to touch on what you mentioned about the fights, like once we finally get the aliens in there and the predator in there, you had that first fight where the movie's like, this is what you've been waiting for for decades and we know it, but it's not handled well. It's, it's cheesy. It's just not effective. Both the alien and the predator feel clumsy see that's like my thing with with alien even though and i will you know let the listener know i haven't really watched alien but i've always known alien to be agile and he just seems so freaking sluggish like uh-huh. when he attacks predator it looks like someone just threw a, a alien costume at that guy oh it does and it just like flops at him like it just it does we did predator we uh reviewed predator uh last season on the show mm-hmm. and we commented that the suit, the guy in the predator suit and the outfit looked so big that I didn't buy that when you'd see all the, this stuff of him doing like super agile stuff kind of in the background or when he had the cloak on, I didn't buy it because when he's like without the cloak, just walking around, he doesn't look agile. He looks a bit clump, not clumsy, but just big and heavy. Well, this movie completely takes any illusion that they might be agile away and leans so far the other way that it's ridiculous. Like the predator's huge to where and it looks so bad. They do it so often to where every footstep he does, the camera shakes like he weighs two tons. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. He's not that heavy. They even do it when the aliens kind of like getting thrown around and stuff. The camera shakes constantly. The camera shakes when he hits the ground. It's like those aliens are little. I mean, I'm sure they have some weight to them, but they're little. Exactly. They're kind of agile. They're little weird gangly things like the, I would. I don't get the impression that they would have the same type of bulk that they're trying to convey with the predator who also probably wouldn't have that same type of bulk. Like I could already think of a good scene to have in that movie, like with the fighting scene would just be like, have alien like walking across the roof, scurrying away and predators trying to shoot him with that gun. And he's missing because he's too fast, you know? Yeah. Like you no, could have done, right. you could have used aliens basically. That's how strengths. That's how the aliens movies. fight. They don't, they don't go toe to toe. They don't fist fight a guy. They lurk about because they're gangly and small and they can get into small little corridors and areas and nooks and stuff till they jump out and scare you and then put their little mouth in your face. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like scurry around the wall, predator tries to shoot him, leg sweep him with your tail, and that's how he would fight. But no, it was like head on. This is face to face. I mean, literally face to face, toe to toe. It was like Freddy versus Jason fighting. 
Yeah, which I initially thought was cheesy in that, but then if you think about it in the context of an alien and predator, it's even cheesy. It's, it doesn't. It makes even less sense. Yeah, the only thing that would have made this whole movie for me, and I thought about this as we were watching, is if when her and her and the predator were running down after, if you watch this movie, he makes her a spear and a shield out of the shield is an alien's head. She gets his respect. But of why they're running down the hallway, if they would have slow mode it and played Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> Welcome to. And also, I don't know what it is. Okay, so yeah, our female protagonist, who, yay, we have one. Uh, there's a humble bundle for, I noticed today, they send me emails, especially now that Grolix is like, they're an, we're an affiliate or whatever. So if you want to go to Humble Bundle, we got a link for you. Anyway, I'm not trying to pitch Humble Bundle, but they're doing a sale on female protagonist things. And that got me thinking. I was like, thinking about the movies we've done. And I'm like, dude, it's a total sausage fest. It's like all just testosterone, most of the movies, except for Buffy. But out of the. Now it's over 20 movies we've covered on the show. There's only been one with the main, with a female main char- character, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, now we got two, kind of, <laughs> right? Yeah. That said, I couldn't stand this one. Like, Buffy's fine. I thought she's a fine character. This lady, I couldn't stand. But th- that's because there's nothing beyond, nothing to her beyond. She's just tough. That's, she's just your tough uh, female hero. That's like yeah. all there is to her. And that's kind of the problem with her. Anyway. That's why I kind of like with her, with her character, that's why I kind of made the joke is like alien versus predator versus tomb raider. Cause that's who they kind of had. She is tomb raider. Isn't she? Yeah. Dude, if they'd actually, well, I, I don't know her name. Her name should have been Laura. If it was Laura and I'd have realized that I might've been more on board. Cause then it's just like, yep. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Cause that's why when she did the, the ice pick, that was how the second game of the new tomb raider series starts. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's why when he was digging in there, that's why I was like, alien versus predator versus tomb raider. She totally is. You're, you're, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe then, that's what the movie should have been. That's probably what it was in Paul W. S. Anderson's head. A V P V E T R. What's the R? Tomb raider. Raider. Oh, okay. Duh. <laughs> or A V P V L C. A V P V. Oh yeah, it's got a Laura Croft, Laura Croft and Tomb Raider. Mm. LC little I <laughs> Alien TR. versus Predator: Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Predator, <laughs> Alien. Okay, one thing is once the killing starts, mm-hmm. dude, everybody gets taken out real fast. Like there's everybody th- dead. <laughs> there's a lot of people, but that's because they wanted to kill off a bunch of people, and they do it pretty quick. And it right. And there's, okay, so there's three predators and here's the whole thing. There's three predators going there. The people happen to take the three guns, which like enables this whole system that releases aliens into the thing. So you're like, oh, okay, the three predators are going there. They take the three guns, hunting exercise. Makes sense. They're predators. But later you get an info dump. The predators are the aliens that brought the humans technology. And it was, they built the pyramid and they use humans as cattle so that they could breed these aliens and do a training every hundred years or whatever it was. And I'm actually fine with that. How did I get onto that? But I was going to say they eliminate the people in this movie and it ends up with like, there's three predators. Two of them go pretty quick. Like the predators get knocked out pretty fast too, actually. So it ends up just her and the one predator guy. And, uh, she gets his respect. (laughs) He makes her some, he makes her some, uh, battle gear. (laughs) She wears an alien head on her hand. And she never uses it to punch anything. Okay, a shield is good because it's resistant to the alien acid blood. But if your fist is now the face of an alien, 
you need to use that to punch something in the face. Right. And she doesn't. But I kind of like it's so cheesy that she gets his respect and like she's walking with him. And then later, like everything's exploding and they're doing the action slow-mo run with the explosion behind him. I don't know why, but just a person and an alien, a person and a, I'm going to have a lot of editing to do. Well, he's technically it's an alien. A person and a predator. Yeah. But when the a- other aliens are only known as aliens, right. you so, have to call them something else. Xenomorphs. Oh, xenomorphs. Good call. But they're running in slow motion. I don't know why, but a human next to a predator and they're both running away together. And it's like the action. It's like an action buddy cop scene, right? But it just seems so ridiculous. Also, towards the end, they blow up the pyramid. The predator and Tomb Raider are safe. They survived. They're the only two. And then the queen alien busts out of the ice. The Predator's face, <laughs> they make him to give, like, because he's taken the mask off at this point to reveal himself to the Tomb Raider. He, they give him this, like, oh, oh this, this shocked face. Dude, I laugh so hard. And you know what it reminded me of? That Friday the 13th video game that people play, that that recent one. Have you seen it? It's the mm-hmm. uh, online thing with the op- opening scene where Jason, it's always the same, where Jason comes out, kills somebody, and then walks up. And, like, all the kids are sitting around the campfire. And the one guy turns and his face goes, huh? And it's all funny because it looked ridiculous. That's what the predator's face looked like. Is it? Oh! That's why I said. What I mean. I'm gonna gif it. I'm gonna t- skill, still shot it. I'm gonna take gifs. I'm gonna post that all over social media. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's stupid. <laughs> what I thought would be perfect there is when he turned and did that. If the, like the Wilhelm scream came out, <laughs> for sure. Oh my god, it's so good though. I can't fight that one. That one's no. That's too powerful. It's weird. I guess it would be tricky to. Give a predator face, like, emote, but don't do that. It looks scared. Like, (gasps) predator don't look scared. That's why I said at that moment, if he would have turned, like, did that face and then just ran the other way. (laughs) That's what that that face made me think he was about to do. Also, the predators show up. Apparently, that big ship was just chilling there after he's dead. And they respect her. They give her one of their weapons. And then they leave her stranded in the middle of the Arctic. Without a coat. I'm like, can I get a ride? Me, <laughs> They're like, we, get, ride. we uh we gotta stop by the store on the way home, so no, no, sorry, we're going the other direction. <laughs> Where are you going? Space. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to space? Um Chicago. I, I don't know where she's from actually. Nowhere, because she has no real backstory. They just drop her off at the mountain where she was climbing. <laughs> this this is where we found you. Yeah, I don't know. There, I did, you know, if your job, if your assignment is, we need to make an Alien versus Predator movie. Figure out how to do it. I think their concept was fine. I think it's a fine concept. This movie actually, I thought this movie got into that the Predators created the aliens. But it doesn't. Did it, unless I missed something. No. I thought it did. Because the aliens are, I don't remember what movie it was then, but they're basically like almost engineered Maybe it's the second. Maybe I have seen the second AVP. I don't think I did. But they're pretty much, they have acid blood. Their skin is almost like a silicon. They're, they're, they're like engineered to be ridiculously hard to kill. Mm. So I thought this movie got into, well, the Predators made them as the perfect hunting thing. But it doesn't really touch on that. It just establishes that they set this whole thing up on Earth as like a weird hunting ground. Uh, somewhere still kind of remote. That if things got out of control, they could boom, vap- vaporize it and the aliens won't get out. 
but it makes sense that they go somewhere. It's like a, a weird hunting retreat where they go somewhere and they fight these notoriously hard creatures that they breed in this special area. And that's what they do. And that makes sense to me for predators. So as a concept, if you had to put these two things together, it's not a bad concept. Yeah, it seems like what they're kind of trying to say in this movie was that they basically made them to to hunt. And it was a, kind of like a coming of age thing or a, a right. Did they actually make them though? Like I think they're from another planet that they've been to before. Yeah, I assume they found them. Yeah, which found makes them sense to me. And then figured out how to basically mass produce them. Oh, let's talk about the looks of the Predators. Because different Predator movies always try to do something to jazz up the Predator. You don't need to jazz up the Predator. Don't do it. I think the Predator's fine. The Predator that Tomb Raider ends up with at the end looks a bit more basic. It's mostly his mask. Because mm-hmm. their faces aren't, the same, aren't too different. Sometimes they give them extra spiky, whiskery, thick whisker things around their face. But their actual faces and bodies don't look that much different. At this point of recording, we haven't seen the new Predator movie. I haven't, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what they did there. I know there was some giant predator, but a lot of times, if anything, they just make them bigger. Predators did some weird different stuff. Anyway, some of the masks, like they, and it makes sense that the predators would have different masks, but some of the masks were so, they just looked cheesy. They looked ridiculous. It's like, no, it's too aggro. It's like the look of them. It's like the predator that would, that would choose that mask probably has like a vape tube also fed into the mask. And he's like, Clouds, bro, clouds. Check out this wicked aggro mask. You know, like, it just looked cheesy. I didn't like the look of that one predator that fought the alien that we were talking about. I didn't like the look of his mask. Mm -hmm. I think the more basic, classic, streamlined predator mask just looks cooler. Yeah, it's like they mostly, like, with the other two, they try to, like, do the, like, carbon fiber eyes and... Yeah. they just And I just don't think it looked that good. They t- it's like almost like they try to give him, give him too much of a military look, like, you know, that spec ops helmet type thing. They just look, to me, they look like, oh, I see, I see what you're saying with that, yeah. But to me, they look like the kind of predators that would, like, they probably got tribal tattoos. Right. And not because they fought any tribes or anything, but just because they thought they looked cool. <laughs> so one is Bill Goldberg. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Or The Rock or Batista, like all those wrestlers that had the tribal tattoos. I didn't like the look of the Predators. I think the one that they kept kind of classic, I liked the look of him. The other ones, I didn't care for the kind of redesign, the little flourishes they add to the... I didn't didn't think they looked good from a design point of view. So what were your thoughts? Should we hit... Are you ready for overall thoughts? Final thoughts? Yeah. Final thoughts? I've been ready for final thoughts for this movie for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Overall, like I said, it just... just seems so like it just took these two characters, put them in a blender and hope it came out mm-hmm. like a really nice breakfast, breakfast shake. <laughs> it did not. Nope. It came out looking like something that came out of the swamp or something. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I can't really even rate this high. Cause it's just not. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that's, I think it sucks. Cause there's two storied franchises. Mm-hmm. But they just didn't do anything. No, that's it, that's part of kind of what's tough about this movie is because there are some terrible moments. There's some laugh out loud bad moments, like the part where the sled is going up out of the ice hole and it's just hauling. It's beating the fireball. That whole section where Tomb Raider and the Predator are out running this massive like underground atomic explosion is ridiculous. But overall, like it's not bad enough to really feel disdain for 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I don't, it doesn't make me hate it. Like this rewatch, I don't hate it as much as I did the first time. It's just, it's just disappointing again, I guess. It's just disappointing. It's like, you guys could have done better. Like you should have done better. They so could have done way better. Get Paul W.S. Anderson out of there. He is the king of mediocre, verging on just bad filmmaking. He's so cheesy. I wonder who would have been a good director. They'd need a different writer. But um, I don't know. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. He'd have made it funny, though. And I don't think that fits either franchise. God, or was that J.J. Abrams? No. The lens flare off the tunnel would have been horrendous. Stop giving him. He probably would do something like this, too. Stop giving him movies, too. (laughs) I know people like it. Fireball. Oh, man. That crap would have been funny. All right, let's uh, ratings. I don't know. Uh, yeah, ratings. This is tough. I don't. I'm not sure. You want me to? Are you ready? I'm. I'm going with a solid two. You know what? I'm with you. I'm gonna go two. Yep, two. Because it, it's just it just. Mm-mm. It's it's uh, it's just below. It's just below middle of the road. It's not quite middle of the road. I could deal with middle. It of the passed road. the time. Yeah, I could deal with time. middle of the road. It's a little less than middle of the road. I'm not offended by it. It's just whatever. It's okay. I just it's two. Two. No. No more. No less. Just two. <laughs> yep. I've never seen the sequel either. Please don't ever put that in our rotation. <laughs> if it's anything like this one. Oh, dude. Are you t- what are you talking about? We need to do AVP, AVP Requiem versus Jason X. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real life addictions or The Purge which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. From the underground pyramids of the Arctic to the streets of Elm Street in the lakes of Crystal. Claris, yes, thank you. Save. <laughs> What's the next movie we're talking about, Jasper? It is uh, the 2003 Freddy vs. Jason. Okay. This one was directed by Ronnie Yu. Uh, it was written by Wes Craven. What? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. It says right there. Wes Craven, Victor Miller. Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. Okay. You want to check yours real quick? Because I thought, I thought that was weird. That was written by Wes Craven. Yeah. Yeah, that's real weird. Yeah. Why, I, why you pull that up? I'll get cast. Yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yep. So the cast is uh, Robert England plays the Freddy Krueger, which is the original one. Uh, Ken Kurzinger plays Jason Voorhees. Uh, Monica Keenan plays Lori. Jason Ritter plays Will. And Kelly Rowland plays... Kia Watterson. Uh, and then Catherine Isabel plays Gib. Okay. Okay. Here's what the moviedb.org, I said it wrong earlier. It's the moviedb.org says. It credits Wes Craven as writer of characters. That's what it says on mine, but it just says Wes Craven characters. Okay. So they're crediting, crediting him for as, characters of Freddy. It must be part of the um, 
Did he? His rights. Did he make Freddy? Like, is that kind of what I mean? But he must own them, right? Like, he owns. He has yeah, the rights. That's what I'm thinking. It's like an ownership thing. Or they're just trying to figure out some way to attach his name to this. Uh, but yeah, the screenplay is credited to Mark Swift and Damian Shannon. That's who I thought the two actual writers were. Oh, they also credit Victor Miller with characters. Is that Jason? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I don't want that to be like mis- misinterpreted. Yeah. Because I didn't think he wrote this. No, I was just going to say like there's no way he wrote this. I wouldn't. Because I feel like it would have been tons better. He wrote he very. wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dream Demon Freddy Krueger devises a plan to manipulate the unstoppable Jason Voorhees into hacking up the teenagers of Elm Street in an effort to make people remember the name Freddy Krueger, thus freeing him from limbo. Freddy versus Jason. Had you seen this before? I have. Actually, this is the only time I think in the podcast that I've actually seen both movies. Oh, I just didn't really remember AVP. I do remember a lot more of Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Here's the shocker for me on this rewatch. I seen this in the theater when it came out in what 2003, mm-hmm. and was much like AVP. Supremely disappointed. I think the last episode, even I was like, "These are not good movies," but this is what we're gonna do. So I expected to just really hate both of these movies. This rewatch of Freddy vs. Jason, I was kind of on board though, right? And I'll get into after we get some of your thoughts. I guess I'll get into why, but I think part of it is when I had watched it originally, I was expecting. I wanted a horror movie. Like I wanted a, a, a cool, but a horror movie, you know, and this is not scary, but since, and, and at that time I had seen the original nightmare on Elm street, the original Friday the 13th and various probably out of order sequels of both. But since then I've made a point. I've watched the entirety of both series just because at one point it's like, all right, nightmare on Elm street. We're going to start at the first one. And then occasionally you know, I'll just work my way through the series. And I think that, put me in a better disposition to kind of get on board with this one uh, because, you know, three or four movies into each series, you kind of accept the cheese and you deal with the fact that it's like, you know what? None of these are good movies, but there's usually some fun aspect to it. Uh, there's something that keeps you watching to the next one. Right. And so I think I was a bit more forgiving on this viewing and I ended up enjoying it quite a bit more. So what, what did you think? Well, like I said, when I pointed this out with the last movie, what I liked about this one is they gave you kind of a backstory of why mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, that Freddy sees Jason as, you know, he can kind of manipulate Jason to do his bidding to get him back out of mm-hmm. being not remembered, I guess, is the thing. And so I like this movie a lot better than I did AV- AVP because because of that, you know, like, oh, okay, now I've got a setting. But then, you know, basically Jason becomes too much for him to control. And he starts killing the people he wants to kill. <laughs> all it takes is, dude, all it takes is one yeah. for Freddy to turn on him. He steals one kill and Freddy's like, nope, he's a dog that needs to be put down. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and basically it felt like, it felt like a Jason movie, but Freddy was pulling the strings, you know, mm-hmm. basically Freddy was, was kind of, he was actually kind of like the secondary character of, of, you know, he, Yeah. Yeah. The kills that Jason gets is just. Ooh. I took, dude, I took, I took notes. I took a lot of notes on this movie. So if you want, we'll dedicate a section. By the way, I can't believe I didn't say this at the top of the episode. Happy Halloween. It's October. That's why we're talking horror. Happy Halloween. Yeah. 
if if I had my way, we'd have been talking horror for like a month prior. But <laughs> Jasper's not the horror. But thank guy. God we put the brakes on that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're going to regret saying that. Horror Thanksgiving, Horror Christmas, Horror New Year's, Horror Easter. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's uh What's the next holiday? There's a holiday in March, right? Horror May Day. That's not March. <laughs> it's March and then say May Day. <laughs> that's legitimately two months after. What, there's nothing else in March? We're celebrating May Day early. St. Patrick's Day. Or St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Leprechaun month. <laughs> Lep in the hood. It's all good. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Do we just have to change our name to Grolic's Horror Cinematic Universe? Grolic's Cinematic Horrorverse. People will think, well, no, that's not. That's, not that, that's, that's something else. That's that's going to be a flag on that's Patreon. That's our Pornhub name. That's going to be a flag on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Patreon heard us talking about Pornhub, and they're like, What's this? So what were you saying? What? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Just kind of the 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 Jason lurking. They got the lurking down pretty good. Like where he just, he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he throws bodies through windows. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Which apparently he's really good at. <laughs> because every movie you've ever seen him, body comes flying through the window. I swear he's got like a wagon that he carries around and bodies. It's just chucks mm-hmm. them through Chucking. the window. Yep. And I like how they play on both. Kind of Freddy's, Freddy's and Jason's fears. Mostly oh, yeah. Jason's with the water. Yeah, like they point out, they didn't do a lot with it, but they do point out the, you know, fire and water. Mm-hmm. During that scene, when she even comes up with that, she's like, we have to be able to do something with that, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, uh, they kind of shrug it off. That feels like something that was left over from earlier version of the script, of which there were many. And I know this from reading about this movie years ago. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't like the movie, but I ended up doing all this research. But I read all about the development of this movie. This went through a lot of iterations. Anyway, my point is that felt like a leftover from an earlier script that they're like, you know what? That was pretty good. How can we use that? Ah, I don't think we're really going to go with that, but throw it in there anyway because it's clever. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't get used, really. I feel like it, it's used against Jason a lot, but not... A little bit against Freddy really during the Freddy. final fight, but not that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it doesn't really have anything to do with. I mean, Jason goes in the lake again. He always goes in the lake, so that's not a surprise. He lives. He literally kinda, lives in the li- lake most of the time. That's what I was kind of kind of laughing about. That is like he's he, when you know the water's in front of him, and he turns into a little kid and he's like scared. But he comes walking out of a body of water. <laughs> Dude, in, in, most of the time, in between movies, he's literally chained to a brick in the bottom of the lake. That's where he lives. So. <laughs> This is where I don't want my house, yet I'm here every day. But it makes sense, though, in that respect, because in the dream world, he's not afraid of anything, so Freddy really doesn't have any real power against him until he figures out, oh, water freaks him out. And, you know, it's the dream world, so it's not really Jason there having to deal with it. It's just enough to figure out what makes him afraid, and then you do nightmare magic on him, you know? Mm. Do we want to go through notes, I guess? Yeah, let's do that. Because I do have a lot to say. I'm just worried about, I don't think I'll be able to form it cohesively. So we'll go through some of the notes. We could touch on if, if things spark talking point, we'll, we'll roll with it. Movie opens. The nightmare on Elm street montage was good. I don't remember them doing that, but they used, you know, actual footage from several of the movies, including a lot of the super memorable kills. Um, one that always sticks with people is where Freddie's puppeting somebody through their veins and stuff. It's weird, but that sticks with people. Um, but I like the montage. 
Kill count. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This surprised me because I'd never actually paid attention to like the kill count. There's actually a pretty decent amount of like it's fitting. There's there's a decent amount of kills in this movie. What really shocked me was the ratio of who got what kills. Freddy gets schooled. Before we get into the actual kills, you want to know how many each got? Should we do that first? Yeah. Can, can I guess? I didn't. I don't want. Yeah. Go ahead and guess. Now, I will say there's one kill that I have listed here, but it didn't really happen. It's the fantasy girl when Jason's like in hell. In the opening, he's like chasing after a woman and kills her and then machetes her to a tree. Yeah. She turns into all these different people and stuff. And it's like taunting him. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that in there, but that doesn't really count because it's not real. Right. So should we count that? Sure. Okay. Okay. How many total do you think? I want to say 30. Oh, no, I feel that's too high. 25. Was it higher? It's still too high. So, okay. 15? Too low. 16. 20. Okay. 20. Respectable. Not insane, but it was actually, honestly, it was higher than I thought. It was higher than I remember. I feel like Jason. And actually, there might be at least one or more that's kind of technically off screen, but like they don't really count. Like the cornfield party. Most likely, Jason probably got some slashes on other people that we didn't see, but since we didn't see them, it doesn't count. I feel like he's leading with 14. You think Jason's leading with 14? Yeah. Of the 20 kills in this movie, Jason killed... 19 of them. I was going to say, did he only get Freddy one? Freddy gets one kill in this movie. And okay, technically, Freddy brought Jason back. So he could kind of be attributed with all of them. And one of the kills was an assist by Freddy, where Freddy took over the stoner kid. But no, he got one kill. Freddy got slammed in this movie. But it kind of also makes sense. He's stuck in the dream world without any real power most of the movie. Still, though. But like I said earlier, Jason steals one kill from him, and that... Instantly, Freddy turns. <laughs> That's when Freddy is like... He's like, all right, I'm done using him. Yep. First kill is a fantasy. Fantasy girl, like I said. It's the first actual kill. The second kill. Douche boyfriend. Machete through the bed, which isn't bad, and it's gory. I had cut it out of the last episode, but I thought maybe this was also PG-13. And I, I was wrong. It's R. It's definitely R. There's, it's bloody. But it's also, it's gory. Like, he's stabbing through the bed, and there's, like, bits of... There's chunks coming out the bottom. It's pretty gross. And I was like, that's not a bad kill. And then all of a sudden, the bed, the backbreaker. <laughs> you texted me about this while you were watching this, where he, like, Jason then grabs the bed that the guy's laying on. He's laying on his stomach and flips it in half. So, like, it bends the guy in half. I laughed out loud. I just feel like, I feel like even, even Jason would have been, like, like behind his mask, like, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> like, why? Why did he do that? It's so ridiculous. But it's funny. It makes sense because the kills get in Friday the 13th got crazy. They get crazy as the series goes. Um, so you got to kind of keep the crazy going. But also, I guess it makes sense to have him make it weird. So then people would be like, that's almost, that's a weird, impossible death. It must be Freddy, you know, type mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. Number three and four, I listed as Decapidad because the one guy wakes up after kind of getting tormented by Freddy, I think, and his dad's sitting out there and his dad's head falls off. This kind of breaks the Jason thing. Not that Jason doesn't just randomly, he'll just kill whoever he comes across. But why does he kill the dad? Because up to this point, the first kill was like, yeah, the teens having the dirty sex. You kill them first, Jason. Like, because that's how he does. Right. But, you know, old decapitated dad. And then we get, it's a fine kill. You know, the head falling off is pretty decent. And then you get the camera pans as the machete goes at the one guy and you get the blood splat. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. He's just on a hack and slash. But then we start to kick things off. 
because then we get cornfield party. Uh, let's see, I write the note, yay, boiler room world, because I think this is the first time the boiler, the weird, Freddy's world, where he usually takes people in their dreams, where it's all like red lighting in this boiler room. It just looks like endless boiler room, weird industrial warehouse stuff. I don't know what it is. That's in like every movie through all of them. So I was excited when we got to boiler world in this. And I liked the segue from, it was clear that the, that the chick, the drunk chick had fallen asleep, but I like that she goes into like, it's like a grain silo or something out in the middle of this cornfield. And she walks in and it's a boiler room world. I was like, Ooh, I was kind of getting excited. <laughs> so that leads to five and six alcoholic girl and neon rapist is what I called them. She's one of our characters. She's one of the teens She's that we follow. Is that? Yeah, it's Gib. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the one in the cornfield is Gib. Okay. Because that was when her boyfriend. She don't was, make me say it again, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the douche boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She was the girlfriend, and he was a douche. But also, like, that's why she walked off into the cornfield, because she seen she saw, thought she saw him. He was dead yeah. already, of course. Him she, holding his own head. Or was yeah. Was Jason holding his head? Oh, I don't I'm not sure. But he was dead. But she goes out in the cornfield and passes out and goes into Freddy land. Meanwhile, there's some creepy rave looking neon guy covered in neon lights. He's a rave raper. Yeah. He comes across her and was like, Oh, passed out girl. Creepy. So that's almost, that's kind of like extra upsetting because he's like going about his business and we cut back to her in dream world unaware. And Freddie's about to get her. And then she like disappears because in real world, Jason has taken a, some pipe, some big rod off of some. I think it was supposed to be like a fence post or something. Yeah. Something. That he found. He's he's resourceful. He impaled it through the guy who was on top of her while she was sleeping. Super creepy. And then through her. So she's, she dies. He then takes and like flings the guy into the air like a cartoon. Like the guy literally, you don't see where he lands. He just boom, flies off into the dark sky. I prefer that. What? He just likes throwing people. Jason was super powered up in this, mo- in this show. Freddy for that matter too. We'll get to that a little bit later. Because I've always always on clear as to like, if Freddy's not in Dream World, he doesn't have powers, right? Like he doesn't have Dream World powers. He's still pretty tough, obviously. So then this takes us to again. These are all Jason kills. This leads us into the big cornfield party massacre. A couple guys are sitting there drinking. Jason comes across them, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Blah blah blah, talking crap to Jason, who's standing there just looking Jasony. This is not a great kill. He spins the guy's head around. He like does the like. Next snap, except the dude's head spins completely yeah, around what's and the guy's name? looks at the camera. That looked pretty cheesy. Yeah, it was horrible. But some kind of uh, shorter, fat, drunk guy was standing next to the guy. That guy had quick thinking because as soon as Jason spun that dude's head around, he took his glass of Everclear, tossed it on Jason, and then lit Jason right up with a torch. And I was like, he didn't hesitate. He, he was ready to do this. <laughs> like, oh, that's quick thinking. He's like, this ain't the first time I've been attacked by a murderer. <laughs> Props to that little guy. He doesn't last long, but props to him because that was some quick thinking. But, and this is where I started to like realize, dude, because initially I didn't like this movie because I was like, of course it's just a cash in. It's like Alien vs. Predator. It's like anything. You know, of course they're taking these two names. They know people are going to see it based on that. They want to make money. But my initial impressions of this movie were like, it's just so lazy and it's just thrown together and it just sucks. But then when I was writing some of these out and we got to this cornfield stuff, I was like, you know what? When you actually look at what they're doing, like what whoever had the last iteration of the screenplay wrote down, I think they were actually trying to make it cool. I think they were putting effort in. 
You're right. like, what would be awesome? You know, it'd be cool if uh, Jason stole a kill from Freddy while she was still in uh, Dream World. That'd be cool. And then, you know, a big kind of set piece is Cornfield Party. And Jason is just in the middle of the party on fire, macheteing dudes, just to take slashing people down. And it's just crazy. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty cool. And I think they were actually trying. They wanted to make a cool Freddy versus Jason movie um, because we get the guy that lit him up gets impaled by a flying flaming machete. He was number eight. And then nine through 14 are all flaming party machete massacre victims. I want to say like three of them in a row, just Jason, just slam, 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 just machetes. And it's pretty decent. You know, it's the big slash across the torso. They turn it. You almost get like samurai movie blood spray, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then one of the guys, he I actually had to rewind it. Cause I was like, he didn't get hit. Did he, he gets hit. He goes down. It doesn't look like it, but Jason, I guess slashes him, but then cuts into a keg of beer and the beer sprays him and is what puts him out. And I'm like, that's no accident. They're like, how can we put him out? Oh, they're at a party. Dude, Jason's on fire. He gets sprayed with a keg of beer. How awesome is that? Like, I think they were excited when they were writing this, right? Like, that makes me feel better about it, you know? It's almost if it was like really like true American. He like picks the keg up and like drink. <laughs> Mother. Oh, wait, Jason, don't talk. And okay. And then I posed this question. Cornfield Party, one of the best set pieces of either series? I'd probably say, yeah. I mean, because it's kind of just like it's open, but it's more like he can kind of move around without being really seen, even though it's in this huge cornfield with a big opening. He's just kind of like, and I'm here, you know. You get it. Yeah. I think in the whole scene, you get a nice mix of. I think that's like the most throwback horror movie set. Yeah. I like the rural teens in a rural area. We don't get a lot of actual camp stuff. We get some camp stuff at the end, but since it's mostly like takes place on elm street situation Mm -hmm. um it's mostly in this like kind of town but that's this is where we get it's not camping but kids out party but it's still outdoors rural type area and you get jason lurking around in cornfield which is creepy uh you get some freddy stuff but you also get jason just blatantly out in the open murdering people literally flaming just all the attention's on him like it's it's pretty outrageous and uh it's hard to say if it's one of the best standout like set pieces in a nightmare movie because they nightmare since you got dream worlds, they can kind of do some pretty crazy things, but it's definitely, I think one of the better scenes in a Friday the 13th movie in terms of just like insanity. If we're talking kills and just crazy slasher movie insanity, it's one of the better ones. I think Yeah. the scene kill number 15 is the 15th kill of the movie. I wrote Freddy's first. I didn't know I should have wrote Freddy's only. And it's actually kind of lame. The one guy that breaks out of the nut house with the other kid. Of the two, he's actually not a bad actor. The other guy's bad in this anyway. Right. But he falls asleep and Freddy starts his back on fire. Like what he actually does to him in the dream is pretty lame. That's why I don't think it's great. But then he wakes up. Then he's actually awake, but he's still getting attacked. And his friends show up outside the window and they're like, "Ah, banging on the door. Wake up, wake up. It's like his eyes are open. The one cool thing about it is, though. We get like he's awake and looking at them and you get the four slashes across the face. And then I actually thought pretty lo- looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. It must have been a digital effect, but I don't know. I thought it looked good. But, and then he, I guess, dies and he's got like Freddy's back is burnt into his back. Yeah. Is that a pun then too? That's what I was, was thinking. It, he's was going that, for a pun, it? Freddy's back. 
Because I sat there when I watched it, I was like, huh, Freddy's back on his back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I mean, sadly, that level of pun is fitting for Freddy. Right. <laughs> Number 17, cop buddy. There's a cop who's new in town, so he's not in on the conspiracy. He ends up hanging out with the group of teens because they know that dude. what's going on. <laughs> he gets, I, I appreciated this death. Oh, wait, no, correct. Back up. Security guard before the cop buddy. Number 16. He gets an off-screen door crush death. It's off-screen. You hear the sound somewhere, and then when it goes, like, he's obviously under the door, and there's a bunch of blood. It's okay, but it's off-screen. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But the cop buddy, what were you going to say? He gets the most effed up one Dude, in this movie. He's electrocuted via Jason. It's like Jason reaches back and is like, not so fast. Yeah, when Jason's getting... He did, like, the drive elevator... But did not turn around to kiss him. <laughs> nope. He but just, killed him. It, it was shocking. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> but he, I thought it was great though. I don't, why was Jason getting electrocuted? Did he like punch the window or punch? No, he, he, he got thrown into this like. No, when he went to slash him, he cut the console in half. Mm. So his machete is stuck in the electricity. That's the way you kind of try to see him pulling it, trying to pull it back out. They're in the insane asylum at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's like They're a in the security control. room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when he slashes down to get that, I don't know if it was the officer or the other girl, he hits the inside of the console with the machete, Mm -hmm. which he can't leave that machete behind. He could just let it go. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of machete kills. But yeah, then he grabs the the officer buddy and that's pretty good. It doesn't grab the first person that runs past him. He just grabs that dude. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, nope. Not you. So I like the, I I like the getting electrocuted via Jason. Number 18, I remember not liking this one at all, but actually I kind of really appreciate this kill because what I remembered was this is the stoner kid. There's a stoner kid in this group of kids. And again, we'll get to, we'll talk. I know we're kind of doing this out of order, but we'll talk a little bit about the people, I guess, later, the characters, because whatever, they're not great. They're Mm. pretty flat, all of them. But the stoner kid falls asleep and he's the typical, stereotypical horror movie stoner, just ridiculous. Like everything's going on. He's like, hey man. Let's stop it for I have a joint. And they're like, are you kidding? We got to go take care of this thing. And they're like, yeah, let's, do, let's do a J stop. Is that what he yeah. calls it? Oh, yeah. It's just bad, bad. So, anyway, he's by himself. He's smoking a joint. Well, and then, of course, oh, he's asleep. And Freddy Caterpillar, a very CG, stupid, stupid Freddy Krueger uh, caterpillar, big caterpillar guy, crawls from under a door. Does like the video game pull a bong out of a pocket that doesn't exist (laughs) yeah and then he like hits it and does the kid hit it or does he blow it into the kid's face he blows into his face and then he the caterpillar pieces out back under the door but and this is a weird use of freddy's power he generally doesn't do stuff like this although arguably this is kind of like freddy too but that one's real weird he kind of possesses the kid Mm -hmm. so he takes the kid over uh, so that when the kid's awake, well, then Freddy's controlling him while he's awake and he's cause they're there to basically get these pills that stop you from dreaming. Mm. Freddy via this kid is dumping the pills, getting rid of them. Well, then he gets, what is it? It's like sleeping tranquilizers of some kind, mm. two big syringes as he's still possessing this kid and he's going to take Jason on now. Jason's coming th- down the hallway. So Freddy as the kid is standing there. And waiting for him. And he says he says something to him, right? Does he call him a bee? He, when that guy, they keep trying to get him to come with them. And he says, let me handle this. B-. 
Yeah, that's it. So Jason comes down the hallway at him, and as he gets there, Stoner Kid slash Freddy takes the two syringes of whatever knockout drugs. Tranquilizer. Tranks and tranks Jason in the neck. And then when he does that, Jason halves the kid horizontally, cuts the kid in half. And that was actually really pretty good. Like the effect of the kid just in half and falling over. I thought it was super effective and pretty gross. Also, the reaction of the kids was actually pretty good too, where they're like, holy crap, that dude just got cut in half. Yep. That's super crappy because that kid had no control over himself. He was being possessed. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the one I say that's a Jason kill, but it's like a Freddy assist because the kid wouldn't have just been standing there if it weren't right. Freddy. So who did, who gets that one? I gave it to Jason still. I think it's still Jason. Okay. Also, Freddy, what a weasel. Like, possesses this kid to take on Freddy knowing like. Yeah, it has him dumped. I think what they called Hypnosil, which was the no dream drug. Down the drains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting towards the end. There's only two left. Two kills left. Nerd kid. This is number 19. This is after Freddy's pulled out and then they're fighting or just before maybe he gets tossed against the wall against something sticking out of the wall. And then he was gone. And initially I was like, tossed against a wall thing? Question mark. Like, is that really how they killed him off? Like they've made a point of everybody's got some type of fairly spectacular death. They're just going to like kind of throw him against a thing and like, oh, I guess he's gone. That would hurt so bad. Yeah, it would. But Mm -hmm. I was like, he he didn't stick to the wall. He fell down. But then they show him later against the tree and him and uh, the other chick that's left. I don't know any of their names. Not the final girl. And then he bleeds out. They kind of have a moment and he bleeds out. Okay, that's weird. That's a weird choice to try to go sentimental with this kid that barely got any screen time. Yeah, because I was like, what, what was really the point of that? Like, I didn't I, I didn't see the story line. No, yeah, say. I didn't get it either. I was like, well, why? Like characters that have gotten far more screen time than him have just been offed and then moved on past like without a thought like why does he get the sentimental moment and then it focused on him after she ran away during his final moments i guess and that's nothing he then he dies i was like oh that's a weird 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 whatever and then the final kill again jason is the second to last uh remaining chick and she's the one that stands up to freddy after freddy's out in the real world and she's demeaning freddy she calls Freddy the F bomb, and I get what she's doing. She's Not trying four to four letter F bomb. No. no, the homophobic F bomb. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I get what she's doing. She's trying to demean him. Uh, what's the word? Emasculate him. Mm. She calls him the F bomb, and it's like you know, what's with the knives? Are you compensating or whatever? So I get it, but it is weird that she calls him the F bomb while she's distracted calling Freddy names. Jason's apparently snuck up behind her, and Freddy's like, oh peek behind you Mm -hmm. and she turns around and he jason hits her with the machete but it doesn't cut her it like baseball bats her into the next forest (laughs) like she just goes flying against and she's out of here like i I almost think they want to say either like blunt edge of the machete hitter that's what it seemed like i guess like clobbered her with his fist but the machete was still in his hand yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but she gets baseball batted. She's it's a home run. She's out of the park. She picks up in the air and hits a tree. Yeah. Bam! And then she just sits down in front of it like dead. But. Yeah. It's a weird choice, but, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay. Apparently, he's got like that video game thing. He hits you and it's just like 10 times power. <laughs> they still had the like whatever uh, harness and rigs they were using to throw Freddy and Jason around the for the previous 10 minutes of the movie. They're like, put her in one. Let's fling her across the set. Kind of like that Django Unchained when she, when she shoots that girl and she goes flying the other way. Yeah. But yeah, it's just... 
It just seemed weird. I, I thought he would cut her in half, but yeah, and that's that's the kills. The characters, I, the characters are all pretty lame. I think, of course, again, the characters are usually lame in these kind of movies, and it's a teen slasher movie. None of the characters are supposed to be good, but they all felt particularly flat. There's like no attempt. The one chick's kind of an alcoholic, I guess. Um, the main, the final girl, we don't get much about her. I mean, we know that her mom was killed by Freddy. So anyway, there's nothing, not much about the characters, but let's talk about the whole, the whole concept because Jason X came out before this, this was in the works. They were trying to get this going for a long time. And one of the producers was like, I want to make a Jason movie, Jason in space. They're like, all right, go ahead. Jason in space, whatever, do it. So Jason X is either non-canon or, I mean, it's in the future, right? So technically that's way after this anyway, because Freddy versus Jason is canon. Unless a, unlike AVP, which is not really canon to either franchise as far as I know, this is as far as those franchises went, although both have literally both have been rebooted already, but canon Jason is in hell at the beginning of this. And Freddy, I guess has been forgotten, right? Like, cause I think the Freddy before this was new nightmare and that one's weird. New nightmare takes place in like supposed to be the real world where nightmare on Elm street was a movie mm-hmm. except Freddy's real or comes out of the movie or something. Anyway, so I think the concept of how they tie them together is fine. You know, whatever. Freddy can somehow access Jason in hell and poses as his mom. And like, go to Elm Street and kill these kids for me. They're bad go do, kids. Go do my bidding. And that whole thing works. But the kids that were around the last time there was like a Freddy outbreak. I don't know. Because it is kind of like a virus in a way. It's where the... They find the kids find out about Freddy and the fear spreads and that w- that's what gives them power. So it kind of works like an outbreak. So any of the kids that are still alive after the last Freddy quote unquote outbreak were shipped off to the mental institution, hidden away from everybody, can't talk to anybody, and they're given this drug so they can't dream. And then the adults just, as per usual with all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, the adults just don't talk about it. You don't say that name. And ideally, the kids, none of the new kids know about it, so... Freddy doesn't come back when we're talking about the mental institution. That's where that comes in. Two of the guys that become part of the group of teens were teens from the mental institution that got out. Uh, one that was dating the, the main girl who lives in the nightmare in Elm street house. And it totally is like, I mean, the set is very much it's yeah, it's totally the house, which is cool. So I don't know the plot wise. It's fine. It's just outside of like I was saying the cool concepts the parts where the writers are like, yeah, that's cool. Like they're going to like this outside of the cool stuff they come up with. It's just bland. Right. The teen interaction stuff is bland. Again, I guess it's, you don't watch, you don't watch these movies for the teens for the interesting character developments or anything like that. You just watch from the past time. Yeah. But it, if you can make that stuff at least entertaining, it makes the movie that much better. Right. So this one was a little bit better at not say character development, but plot development than avp was i mean that's true it's got its concept and it establishes that right off the bat that's in the opening Hmm. and then how it unfolds and leads up to the confrontation do you need to get up and adjust yourself or something no i'm just i'm good now change your diaper (laughs) thanks you're welcome you feel like a grown man an adult you feel big now big boy i'm a real boy dad (laughs) okay um off the rails (laughs) My thing is like the first 10 minutes of AVP co- compared to the first 10 minutes of this movie, total difference. We had the plot of, of Freddy versus Jason 
in the first 10 minutes, boom, there's our base. The first 10 minutes of AVP is Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> so I guess in a way, at least it feels like how the confrontation, how the, the monster versus monster plot plays out, how it develops in Freddy versus Jason, at least feels like it's somewhat affected or moved forward by the less consequential characters, by the teens in this case. Where in AVP, it's just, here's a bunch of humans, here's the situation, throw them in a pyramid, lock it up, and just kill everybody. This kind of how it goes. And sure, the humans like went in there and like pulled the guns out, and that's what started it. But that's what the Predators were going there to do anyway. You could take almost all the, main, all the human characters out, and you'd still have that confrontation. At least in Freddy vs. Jason, the human characters are, like if you take them out, there's no movie. Like, because it just doesn't happen. Right. So while the characters are non-existent from point the point of view of characters, there's no interest to them. They at least serve a, serve a purpose. Yeah. I'm always fascinated because they, they did it back in the first one. I'm always fascinated by the idea of you got this dream being Freddy, the idea of pulling him out of the dream world. That said, you pull him out of the dream world. He doesn't have powers, but apparently he has some kind of powers because he could stand up to superhuman Jason. Like, that fight is insane. That's why I feel like he doesn't have the psychological powers, but he's got the strength to... It's weird, though. Why does he have strength? Mm-hmm. I get, other than, I guess, just being technically, a zo- at that point, a zombie monster. <laughs> but their fight is... it's so, Their fight is so cheesy. It's so cartoony and over-the-top and ridiculous, but I feel like it's... And it's like they're elbow-dropping each other. Like, it goes, like, wrestling-style fight. Like, it's just insane. They don't like move from walk from walk or run from set to set because there's like in the camp area where they the big climax happens. There's like three distinct areas. There's the pier. There's this like construction work in progress area with this kind of heavy uh, cart and equipment. Mm -hmm. And then there's the cabin and they don't run or walk from those sets. They get flung from one set to the other and back and forth like a couple times Either an explosion blows them that way or one of them throws the other one there or they get hit there by some big swinging thing, which is why is that at there? Why is that at the camp? But whatever. So it's super over the top. My initial viewing, I hated it. But this viewing, I'm like, dude, this is just whatever. It's dumb. It's kind of fun. And yeah, I thought it was okay. I still don't buy that Freddie would be able to stand up to Jason at all. Like I just picture Jason when I just clobbered him with a machete and been done. Credits. When Freddy gets pulled into the real world, though, I did make a note of this because he's he's like cutting on, like he's being creepy and taking his time and cutting on the, the final girl in the dream world. But then he gets pulled out and he doesn't realize it at first when he looks around and there's fire and then he looks back and there's Jason and he first realizes, God, Robert England, he's good. He's Freddy, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of hammy. Freddy's hammy, right? The look on his face when he realizes he's in the real world, it's just the most cheesy, like, <gasps> like, <laughs> dude, I should. Oh, that's the episode picture. Is Freddy's look with that, like, when he realizes he's in the real world, and then the Predator's look when the Queen Alien pops out of Alien versus Predator is like the same look. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> it's dude. I laugh. I laugh so hard. I don't know. Anyway, what else? Got anything? Not, not really. I think we've touched on all you can in that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would be your star rating? Freddy versus Jason. It shocked me. I think I might even messaged you before I finished it. Either finished it or it was towards the end. I messaged you and I was like, dude, I think I came around on this movie. I'm amazed. I'm shocked. Like I expected to. 
Like I know I said like the transporter, I was going to come to this with open mind. And I did. I just didn't actually expect to change my mind. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, that said, uh, three stars, you know, three stars is not bad. I'm not going to give it higher because it's not a great movie. It's still kind of bad and cheesy, but uh, there's a lot more. Uh, I think there's more, I want to say heart, but there's the, there's more effort put into it than I initially recalled than I initially thought they, I think they were trying to make a, a super cool Freddy versus Jason. And, uh, in terms of Freddy or Friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street, you look at all the sequels there's been up to this point. I think this is one of the, this is pretty decent entry in both those franchises. So yeah, I'm down three stars. It's, it, it's okay. It's weird. Cause we're, I feel like we're taking on like the same bandwidth with ratings day. Cause or brainwave, whatever bandwidth Wi-Fi. Oh. We're on the same brain with, cause I would, I, before you started talking, I was going to give it a three because it is enjoyable yet still hella cheesy. Uh-huh. But I think it's, I think it's a good movie to pass time. Kind of mm-hmm. look at from, a Freddy versus Jason standpoint. But again, I think it kind of lets the question open. Could they have done better? And I absolutely think they can, or they Mm -hmm. could have also, they very much did the Marvel versus DC thing. I mentioned Marvel versus DC because there's not, it doesn't happen very often, but in the past they've done Marvel versus DC comic series. And it's like, well, if you're talking Marvel versus DC, who's going to win? And both companies are agreeing to do this series. Neither of them are going to win. Mm-hmm. Because DC's not going to be like, yeah, let's do this and then have all the DC characters lose. And Marvel's not going to agree to do that. So it's a draw. And this movie, I feel like Jason definitely gets the edge on Freddy. Pretty much the whole movie somehow. But that said, like, neither of them are going to win, of course. Like, they're both going to win or both going to lose, whatever. And the movie kind of does that where they kill each other off a couple times. But then really in the end, they don't because, of course, it's a horror movie. So they both show up at the end. <laughs> and Freddy's severed head winks at the camera. It's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What was my point? <laughs> How did I get into that? I, no, <laughs> I don't know what the lead, what the lead, lead to that was. So, yep. Good, good review. Three, three stars. Good review. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone. Wait, microphones? Aw, oh, man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again. <sighs> hey, guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com. And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we we travel through space and time using this, this Blinkatron here. But the problem is that it it doesn't always work. At least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or you know, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. So when we are blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is grawlixpodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well, uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's grawlix, spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast.com. And, uh, you know, check out our archives. See if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh, maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. So Jasper, 
After the failure of the mummy in the dark universe or universal dark universe or whatever that was. Dark aversal. I don't know. Uni- I'm going to stop. Dark aversal universe. After the failure of that, the studios are looking for another horror themed mega franchise. How can they maybe combine Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason into one unholy cinematic showdown movie monster universe? <laughs> know where I'm going with any of this. <laughs> oh, man. So, my, in my universe, again, I didn't have a lot of time to put this together, but I think Freddy and Alien would be on the same team. Okay. Oh, you're, oh, so you're going to pair the cross. teams up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I believe Jason and the Predator both move kind of sluggish, but got a lot of kills under their belts, uh-huh. would be on a team. Interesting. And then basically that team forms Battle of the Hidden Temple. Legend of the Hidden Temple. (laughs) The Hidden Temple. And that's how that TV show started. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I wouldn't know how really the the meat of the movie would be. Okay. But I want to say that it would come down to, I want to say, Freddy and Predator. Jason cut off the tail of the alien and cut him apart. But the acid rains down and kills him. On Jason? Yeah. Okay. And then Freddy and Predator go at it. They go claw to claw like Wolverines. Shing, shing. <laughs> nice. Shing, shing. Nice. Yeah. See? That'd be mine. Predator wins. Okay. Because he claws him and then shoots him with a little shoulder cannon. Boom. Nice. Nice. I like that. Yep. And <laughs> then Predator takes his fedora and wears it. Nice. He takes it off, wears it under his helmet, squashes it. <laughs> That's his like because they always take a, a souvenir, right? Mm-hmm. That's his souvenir. His so it's a predator with no mask and a He goes to his predator buddies and bows to nice. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. It's pretty good. What you got? So this almost feels like a cheat. Because I am extending to other parts of the franchise. And normally when we do sequels, we don't do that. But here's my problem. Here's here's an, another issue I have with the Predator, Alien versus Predator. Is it totally ignores the idea that the Predators only come down and hunt when it's super hot. Mm-hmm. Why would they go to Antarctica anyway? Alien versus Predator kind of ignored the whole th- heat thing. I'm not going to. I'm going to use it. How close was Camp Crystal Lake to wherever Elm Street is? It didn't seem very far. They drove there in a van. Like in mm-hmm. an evening. Oh, I'd say it was probably right outside town. So the part of the country that all that happens. Mm-hmm. Why did I go back into that voice? Let's say that's Wisconsin. Well, they're suffering an incredible heat wave. Global warming has caused. Nice, nice time. Many things. Check the weather. An incredible heat wave. It's hot. The residents of Elm Street are hot. Camp Crystal Lake. That lake's almost dried up. It's so hot. It's the hottest people can remember in years. And, uh. That's when the murders start happening again. And then people are like, some brainless teens are like, it must be Freddy. It's not. It's the Predator. So the Predator comes down. <laughs> I don't know. How I do. I'm all like trying to get into this sneakily. You know what? It's hot. And the Predators find their it's way. It's got there. a jungle type feeling. They're kind of hunting around because there's a lot of good old boys there that they're like, you know what? We're going to hunt these guys because why not? But at the same time. Some new counselors at Camp Crystal Lake are trying to make a go of it, but God, that lake's about dried up. And one day somebody notices there's, what is this, some kind of body in the lake? And that, then they find Jason. As the water recedes, Jason wakes up 
freed from his like the the lake's almost evaporated now. So now he's got. He's, I just picture. He's just you can't you can't chain him back up under the lake. The lake anymore. almost empty and him just people, just like people are like, how long has that been there? <laughs> Because this lake has been slowly evaporating, and I didn't notice that body. <laughs> He's just like bobbing in the water. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making noises even. <laughs> well, he's freed. So you've got predators on the prowl. you got Jason on the prowl. Jason is a hunter, right? Like, that's what he does. Right. He hunts dirty, filthy, sinful teens <laughs> and murders them. So I'm guessing the predators are going to go after Jason. But Jason is notoriously hard to kill. At the same time, there's all these random killings going on. People are getting freaked out, and they're thinking it's Freddy. Well, that brings Freddy back into play. I don't know how, okay? I don't know anything about the Predator sleep, sleep schedule. Freddy's going to get into the Predator head. I want some Predator dreams with Freddy, okay? And I liked your point you brought up in your universe. We're going to do this where you get a Predator showdown where it's Predator with their little shink things. Their claws, their fake, their cl- retractable gauntlet claws, whatever they are, mm-hmm. against Freddy with his knives. But it'd have to be Dream World because in real world, Freddy doesn't stand a chance in the real world against pretty much any of these things. So most of the time, he's going to be in Dream World. So essentially, you've got Predator versus Jason. Meanwhile, you've got Freddy versus Predator. He's working his way past the local ship, stealthily stashed somewhere. And uh, a Freddy possessed Predator. Maybe the maybe he found the one stoner predator or the predators have like some special drug. <laughs> I don't know what something they inject, I'm sure, because the predators have weird medical stuff that they're always injecting on themselves. They're like their own rolling medic. Yeah. Yeah. Like they got this and a- AVP. I understand they had a lot of throat mash in there, but they didn't touch on any of that stuff at all, really. Do you think predator would take out? Do you think Jason would take out some predators? Do you think he'd get through a couple or do you think they'd I'd take him two, out? I'd take two, at least two. Because they have, I mean, they have weaponry. They could just kind of take his head off. I'm assuming, if not forever, that's going to put him down for a little bit. But then again, he's got his weird abilities to like creep up on people and then disappear and reappear. Only unless we find out his his hockey mask is made of vibranium. <laughs> See? Oh, you're going to bring in the MCU, aren't you? <laughs> Check mark. Well, I don't know what the metal is that the Predators use. Or his mask. Is made out of alien school. Okay, we're not doing Jason X, but Jason X has metal mask at some point. He's like machine. Per- He's like cyborg Jason. Anyway, He's like metal Mario. <laughs> Jason gets on the ship and ends up J- cyborg Jason from Jason X. Anyway, a Freddy possessed predator unleashes the ship's storage because they had to go restock their Antarctic stock of of alien eggs, xenomorph eggs, because that thing got blown up. They have to go fix that, but they're gonna stop by. And- get involved in this whole mess so freddy possessed predator unleashes alien xenomorphs and it's just it is freddy versus jason versus alien versus predator is a free-for-all free-for-all i mean the problem is there's probably a lot of predators and only and a lot of i guess xenomorphs which is better because when a xenomorph face a victim and then does the chest buster that xenomorph takes on properties of that animal like they've kind of played on that the end of avp plays on that where a xenomorph busts out of the dead predator and it's got the like things on its side of its face. Which would be better? Jason's xenomorph or Freddy's xenomorph? I think Freddy would be just because you hear them. And I was like, like hands that have little blades on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or it has a fedora way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that too. We're going to kill Freddy. He'll be back. But we'll kill Freddy. He gets pulled out. 
by the predators. Listen, outside of the initial, like there are no human characters. They're all fodder. They usually are in these movies, but we'll get just barely a little bit, barely a little bit of human characters at the beginning. But once things start going on, it's just monsters. We're just following them. This is their story. Freddy gets pulled out. He gets killed by Xenomorph or does he? Because he's pretty resilient. I guess I think a Xenomorph could probably face hug him, bust out of his chest, and then he'll somehow be okay, right? Mm -hmm. Same with Jason. Jason will definitely be okay. He will certainly survive that. So we got Jason's, we end up with Jason Xenomorph versus Predator Xenomorph versus Freddy Xenomorph. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So we got Alien versus Predator versus Jason versus Freddy versus Xenomorph Predator Xenomorph Jason Xenomorph Freddy. Xenomorph Xenomorph. Xenomorph Freddy you would think is human but it's like dream Xenomorph Dreamomorph. That's right. Listen, it's just going to be a cluster muck. It's morphin time. It's going to be a cluster muck of monsters and Xenomorph versions of monsters fighting in the uh rural woods of America during a heat wave. Fedora wearing machete wielding xenomorphs no matter who wins we lose (laughs) (laughs) you you mentioned it earlier we didn't have we didn't have a lot we like i said we just watched this we just watched avp earlier today circumstances on this recording we didn't have a lot of time to put to write write out a universe i did i was kind of looking forward to writing out a universe for this but but we'll have a chance when season two ends too much because what else have we covered so far we can bring hellraiser into this i was tempted to do a halloween movie so many xenomorph variations to show you i was tempted to do a halloween movie for next episode just so we could bring michael myers into our season two finale but i don't think we're going to speaking of we can talk do you want to do we want to talk about what we're doing next episode yes because it's october halloween time october october so what do we have in our wheelhouse? I really wanted to do initially a Halloween thing. I know it's very on the nose, but I want to do Halloween, like the Halloween movie. I like Halloween. And there's a new Halloween moo moo. A new Halloween moo moo moo. Grandma, get your Halloween moo moo. <laughs> and there's a new Halloween movie coming out. But it's coming out too close to release release time for the episode. We won't be able to watch it and then record an episode in time to release. It. So scratch all that. Take it out. But we are going to do some Halloween. We're going to do Halloween, specifically a Halloween-related movie, and then another movie that ties into that. God, I also really wanted to do Murder Party. Listener, if you've never watched Murder Party and you're looking for a Halloween movie, it's on Netflix, finally. Like, it was pretty hard to find for a while. Murder Party, good movie. It's the first movie by, I can't remember his name, but it's the guy that directed Green Room and a bunch of stuff. Hold the Dark, which just hit Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but it looks kind of good. Murder Party. It's ridiculous, but it's a good Halloween movie. Okay, next episode, we will be discussing Trick or Treat from 1986. It's a 1986 horror movie. Do you want to hear the synopsis or should I just leave it to surprise you? We just leave it. Okay. Just leave it. I want to know. Not Trick or Treat, which is a much more recent movie, Trick or Treat from 1986. And the other movie is The Devil's Candy with Ethan Embry in it. What year is that one? It's more recent, 2000. 15, 16, something like that. It's much more recent. Get ready for an October of horror. It's a Rocktober horror fest. Yay. Listener, The Devil's Candy is on Netflix. Uh, check that out if you want to like watch the movie and then hear us talk about it. That episode will be out in two weeks from the day this one came out. 
Uh, next episode of the Grolix podcast is actually, you could you could hear it already if you want, but it is the live stream episode that Jesse and myself did on the Electronic Media Collective Facebook page on International Podcast Day, which was September 30th. That's going to actually hit a proper edited version on the podcast feed next week. If you're sub to Grolix podcast, if you're, yeah, if you're subscribed to Grolix podcast on iTunes, you get both. But if you're just subscribed to, if you're just subscribed, if you just subscribe to you scrub greasy, you <laughs> greasy, you, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Why are you so greasy? You, <laughs> I feel like that's racist, but not, <laughs> it seems racist, but there's no race that sounds like that. <laughs> And I didn't. I don't feel like you're targeting anybody. Listener, um, listener, if you want to know what was going on, this is me and Randy after a monster crash. Yeah, <laughs> and over two hours of recording an episode that'll probably be an hour and fifteen minutes long. <laughs> and then at the end of October, the last Monday of October, it's like two days, two or three days before Halloween itself. We will be releasing the Grolix Halloween Special 2018. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm hoping if it works out, if all works out right, we haven't recorded it yet. Uh, it'll be the whole Grolix family. It's not Grolix podcast. It's just Grolix. It'll be Jesse versus Melanie versus Randy versus Jasper. <laughs> One cinematic comic universe. <laughs> and then we get Zeno Jesse versus Zeno Jasper versus Zeno Melanie versus Zeno Randy. Is it now? Okay. Is it and all then the Dream Randy and Dream Jasper and Dream Jesse and Dream Melanie. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> you know, Battle Royale, last man standing. Somebody needs to steal Freddy's powers. Too. And then we're going to be set in the Hunger Games. Yep. All of our versions. Yeah. But is it like, would the, all the originals be against each Like, would all the originals be on a team? Or does like Xenomorph Jasper empathize with the actual copies? No. But I've, then actual Melanie, like real Melanie, understands the Xenomorph side. So. Okay. Well, okay. We switch, we switch a role. I, I had an answer, but you, I, you brought a good point up there. Initially, I was going to say it starts with all the original us. And then we go to commercial break. And when it comes back, it's Xenomorph us and the original us are all dead <laughs> because we don't stand a chance. It's just Xenomorph don't give no <laughs> Xenomorph, Xenomorph <laughs> don't give no Fs for the original us. But I feel like Melanie could get behind the plight of the Xenomorph and she'd be like, you know what, you guys, humanity's better if you guys take over. So because she's like that. And uh, <laughs> she would she would as in her she'd own usher words, them in. She would finally fall to the alien overlords. You're right. All comes together. Anyway, we're going to be playing a horror-themed... Oh my gosh, we're going to be playing... I haven't told anybody, but here's my plan. It's it's going to be a, uh, like a one-session tabletop-type game, but it's going to be horror-themed, and I'm going to... It's going to be like a slasher movie horror-themed setting tabletop game, so it'll fit nicely into the theme that we have going this episode. Yeah, it'll be a Halloween special. It's going to be spooky. So I'm excited for it. Uh, if, you're, if you're curious, if you're a nerd and you're curious, we're playing a game... That I doubt most people have heard about because it's literally a one-page game that Melanie had found online that some guy typed up on LiveJournal back in 2005. But it's called We're All Gonna Die. The whole thing is it's a role-playing game, very rules light, and the main rule I'll be the I'll be the game master, and then we'll have the players. And the main rule is guaranteed all the players but one will die, and the one that doesn't die is randomly selected. But so it's it's modeled after the it's modeled after horror movies or slasher movies where one character, you know, there's going to be the final girl, except it could be the final anybody. Of course, everybody else is guaranteed to die. It's just a matter of when and how, and the players have to try to not die. But the main thing is also the players don't know 
if they're the final one. Only I know. So, yeah. Yeah, so just, you know, join me and Jesse and Randy and Xenomorph Melanie. Oh, I, I like that. It's just Xenomorph Melanie. Because remember, the original jump, jump ship, so the Xenomorph version of her came She's like, over. you take over. You get the rest. It's like red, just, just make me a promise. <laughs> Kill them all. Bye. Was that, was that game Red Rover? Red Rover, Red Rover, send Xenomorph. Xenomorph. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's like, hey, this is Randy. This is Jesse. <laughs> and this is Jasper. <laughs> As always, you can listen to more of this show at xenogrolicspodcast.com. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Xeno Twitter, at Podcast or at Xenogcu Podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Sylvie. It's R-A-N-D-A-L-S-I-L-V-E-Y. You can, you can catch me on Twitter at Zeno Caranzo. No. Yeah, no. no <laughs> I like you that don't, one. You don't have to wait. It's going to be Cor- Zeno Ronzo. <laughs> Hold. He's going to change his Twitter name again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, are we doing the actual ones now? Yeah, you can do the actual ones. <laughs> if yours pops up and it says at Zeno Randall Sylvia. <laughs> oh, man. No, my Twitter handle is at Caranzo, which is K-O-R-A. NSO media, and that will be the only one right now. <sighs> All right, for real, GrawlixPodcast.com on Twitter. Follow us, the GCU, the Grawlix Cinematic Universe at GCU Podcast, or you can follow Grawlix, would you, um, the Umbrella Corp of the Grawlix family at Grawlix Podcast, or at Facehuggers for Life. Dot Zeno. Dot. ADP. Or, or if you, you know, the Xenomorph bio page, which is grawlix.com, at a bunch of clicks. You just put in periods there. Just sound it out. You'll get it. <laughs> just remember, grawlixpodcast.com slash. <laughs> With that laugh in it. That's part of the sound. Xenomorph Jasper just laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> and with that. I spit on my pop filter. Stop doing that. Mine's nice and clean. I never do that. That's the first time ever. It's nice and clean when you rub your nasty beard on it. Smells good. So gross. You and Melanie both sniff that thing all the time. Smells like vape juice. Oh, maybe that was mine. Those Cinevapic hosts were here. Cinedouche douche hosts. Vape douche and squonk were here. (laughs) Oh, I think I just found the Cinevapic uh, host names. (laughs) What's up, man? My name is Squonk. (laughs) This is vape do shit squonk squonk squonk. <laughs> it's like a real bad morning zoo show. Oh no. You're now listening to vape vape douche and squonk squonk. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> I, I couldn't make the sound, so I just like did the words. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> <Burk> scratch, record <laughs> scratch. Abrit. <laughs> oh, you went, you went J Rock. Wow, that was pure J Rock. Oh man, <laughs> <Burk> scratch. Abrit, <laughs> abrit. <laughs>